So today's episode is a little bit unusual, um, as I said before. Today I am going to be exploring this group that I found. Um, so this is kind of like a documentary or something like that, I guess. Um, so it's a group that's located here in the UK um, that describes itself as a movement of formerly lost souls who found a home and it's called the Garden of the Free Children. Um, it apparently, according to their website, began on October the 31st, 2014. So today is actually their fifth anniversary. Um, and the group is led by a woman called Celia Jefferson, um, who claims to have seen the garden in a series of visions um, that were sent to her by a goddess called Inviano. Um, she claims that she left her home state of Florida with her daughter, April Jane, um, in search of the garden. Uh, because she believed it was her destiny to find it. And they have claimed that over the years they formed a movement as people joined them and wanted to help in the search. Uh, but they found the garden here in the UK and they formed a base to help people in the way that they feel that they've been helped. Um... But it seems it may be a bit more sinister than that. I have been able to get my hands on some of their materials, um, such as parts of their religious texts, part of uh, the programs that they use for members. Um, and I've also managed to obtain an interview with one of the members of the group. And what he has to say is very damning. And so tonight we will be looking a little further into the Garden of the Free Children. Is it, as they claim to be, a peaceful movement to help people? Or is it something more? Throughout the episode, we're going to be hearing from somebody who is deeply involved with this movement, this group, um, for his safety. We're going to call him Witness X. And he's going to be telling us a bit more about his experiences, what he's seen and what's been going on with the Garden of the Free Children. I was introduced to the Garden of the Free Children through this girl, AJ.
And mum is the leader of the group, Celia, but I didn't know that at first. When I met AJ, I thought she was a student at my university. I was studying art at the time. I'd see her every day on the campus, so I just thought that she was enrolled and maybe just not in one of the classes I took, but as I got to know her, she told me that she'd never been a student, she just wanted to meet more people that were her age. AJ and her mum Celia had settled in England. They lived in America before, but they said that they'd been travelling. They'd started a shelter together to help people who needed support. She told me she'd been homeschooled since she was younger because they'd been traveling. She was never in one place long enough to go to school. She'd tell me all about the different places that she'd been, but she always said that she'd been lonely. I really understood that because I felt that way too. She said the reason that we got on so well was because we had that in common. AJ would hang around while I had classes and lectures and she'd wait for me. And then we'd go have lunch together or go for a drink or something. It all seemed really normal. I'd draw pictures of her and paint her. It's like, it's like she was my muse. I found it really hard to adapt to student life because I felt like I was on my own all the time. So. Having AJ to talk to and hang out with made everything easier. She never really talked about her life before in America or why they weren't traveling. She just said that after her dad died, they needed to get away, find something else. I like spending time with her. I was really homesick and I felt really overwhelmed sometimes. She would listen to me. I thought that we were friends. I have feelings for her too. I know that it was stupid and really I didn't know her at all. But she made me feel less alone and I just fell for her really hard. I think she knew that. She used it. One weekend, AJ asked me if I wanted to come to her house for dinner. It had been ages since I'd had a home-cooked meal, so I went along. I was really surprised when I got to the address. I just expected a regular house or something like that, or like a flat, but it was massive. It was this huge house. The garden was full of flowers and trees. The shelter was actually part of their home, so the people that they helped live with them in the house, which I thought was quite cool. When I got there, they were all finishing up dinner, preparing it together. AJ, her mum Celia, and all the people that live with them. When AJ said that the shelter helped people, I thought she meant homeless people, or people who had nowhere to go, but as I got stuck in and started helping with dinner too, I started talking to them, and it was a very different story. It wasn't really a shelter, it was more like a group or a gang.
Witness X has been able to provide some of the voicemails and messages that he has been sent by members of the community, including the leader, Celia Jefferson. So I'm going to play that now. Let's take a listen. before but he said he gave it all up because it didn't make sense to him anymore that didn't make much sense to me because i always thought that priests did their jobs because they believed the strongest he was nice though i liked him he said he found something that seemed more true and so he'd come here to be closer to it he kept mentioning a woman in vienna they all did everyone i spoke to I thought it was a member of the group, but when we sat down to eat, I realized she was more than that. They believed that she was a god or something. They prayed to her before we had dinner. AJ sat next to me. She was holding my hand under the table as we had dinner. I wanted to ask more questions, but I didn't know what to say. I didn't want to seem rude. It all seemed crazy. They had this god I'd never heard of. They were living in this kind of commune. I felt a bit upset, like AJ had tricked me. But after dinner, we talked, and she said she just wanted her friends and family to meet me. That was the first time that she kissed me. When she kissed me, it was like I forgot everything. I'd been feeling really anxious kind of suspicious about everything and I just suddenly forgot the feelings I had for it just took over and I didn't care anymore they called the house the garden I started coming to meetings they had them every Friday night AJ and I kind of just fell into a relationship so it just became a part of my routine I enjoyed them at first it was like having a community Lots of friends. I got on with pretty much everyone. It made things at uni easier too. Hanging out with everyone at the house, going to meetings, gave me a lot of confidence and helped me to adapt and talk to people. I started doing better in my classes too. Every Friday we'd make dinner together. We'd eat as a group and then the men and the women would split off for a bit. I don't know what the girls were talking about, but AJ just said it was similar to what we did. All of the members could be part of this. When we split up, we talked about the challenges that we had, what we felt we could do better, and what support we needed. Everyone helped each other and talked it through. It felt really safe. I told them I had problems with my confidence. I felt lonely sometimes. Everyone gave me advice and support. Damien, one of the other members, said he'd been using some of the resources from the garden to help him improve his confidence. And he lent me some of the tapes. They sounded like music, 
But he said that there were secret messages that helps you feel better in yourself. So I thought I'd give it a go. We have managed to obtain some of the tapes that Witness X is referring to and does refer to throughout uh, what he's saying. I'm going to play it now. Um, I've been told that for people's own safety, they really should only listen to it once. Um, so proceed at your own risk. Do not listen to this more than once because apparently the effects can be very damaging.
and set of takes after a couple of weeks because Celia said that I was ready for them. I don't really remember becoming interested in the spiritual side of it. It just kind of happened. Things just kind of happen when you're in the garden. It's like the way that you think changes. At first, after the meeting with the guys, I had to go in with the junior members, while the senior members went outside for a separate meeting. They wouldn't tell us what it was. At first, I didn't really mind, because AJ would stay with us, and we'd have tea and just chat. But I started becoming, like, jealous. Wanting to know. Wanting to be involved. There were the junior members the senior members, and what was called the inner circle. The inner circle had an extra meeting after the one for senior members, but it was really mysterious, and even some of the senior members, like Damien and Andre, weren't invited. After a couple of months, Celia said that I was ready for the second meetings with the senior members, and I was really excited. By then, I was so into everything. I just wanted to be more and more involved. We all went out into the back garden together. It was a really big space, but when you were out there, it felt really small. There were so many plants and flowers and trees. It was really beautiful, but weirdly humbling because you kind of felt like you were stepping into nature. We did a blessing prayer with each other and then Celia spoke for a little while. She talked about progression in the group and the garden she read from this book called The Secrets of the Free Children. It was like a Bible or something with prayers and stuff like that in it. She said that when each member was strong enough, they'd get their own copy. And even though I'd only just heard about it and I knew nothing about it, I suddenly wanted it. More than I've wanted anything in my whole life. It was crazy. Celia just had this way of making you desperate to go deeper and be more involved. And then she said that that day was a special day for Damien, that we all had to help him reach the next level. We all stood around Damien and Celia spoke about how the garden would bring everyone to a place where they had everything they wanted from life. She said that the garden could help you to get your greatest desire. And she said that was the purpose of everything we were doing. That everyone deserved to be happy. We just had to create a world where that was possible. She said that for Damien to ascend to the inner circle, the next level, we had to help him. So we all stood around him and we had to pray together for a bit. And then he had to say what his greatest desire was. He said, Corita? Like, he just kept saying that over and over, as in the YouTuber, Corita. She's this, like, YouTuber. She does videos, and... It was really hard not to laugh, because it seemed really dumb. He really thought that he could pray and make this celebrity fall in love with him. But everyone took it really seriously. I really wanted to show Celia that she was right to let me join the senior meeting, so I just went along with it. 
Celia told us that we had to focus our prayers on helping Damien to grant his wish. There was one of the tapes that was dedicated to manifesting things, so we all had to listen to that all night while we were sleeping to help him. Like I said, at first it felt dumb, but after a while, I just felt like I wanted to help him. He was cool. He was my friend, so I did what I could to help. There was part of me that thought it wouldn't really help Damien, but I did it anyway, because he was my friend. I was shocked when he showed us this blog he'd been writing. He had this whole website where he would talk about her, like they were in a relationship. And at first I was confused because he'd never brought her along to a meeting or talked about her in that way before. But then I saw he had all these pictures of her, pictures that no one else had, pictures of us sleeping or things from inside of her house. He knew everything about her. We've been able to get a copy of the specific manifestation tape uh, that Witness X used during this meeting, which I'm going to play for you now. Again, uh, we have been told that it could be dangerous to listen to this uh, more than just a couple of times, so make sure that you stay safe and limit yourself.
He genuinely seemed to think they had a relationship or a bond. He managed to make himself think that they were together. But really, he'd been stalking her. The pictures, the emails, the phone records, the blog posts. If you looked rationally, it was clear he'd been stalking her. He'd done really fucked up things to get her phone number. He'd broken into her house to get pictures. He'd followed her and watched her, but he couldn't see it. It seemed like none of them could. They all played along, like his perspective was real, and that they were really in love. It was insane. At every meeting we had, where people would make a show of praying for him or helping him manifest his wish, just enabled it further. I did too. I, d I don't know why I kept going. I just... I felt conflicted. I wanted to advance and be like the others because the community made me feel special. But I felt like shit for leading Damien on. When I realised what he'd done, I knew that I had to do something. I just didn't know what. It was my turn to manifest soon. And even though I was concerned about what was going on, there was still belief and passion. I told them that I wanted to manifest fame. I wanted it. I really wanted to be a famous artist, spending my days painting and drawing AJ, sharing her with the whole world, sharing my gift. They told me that they were going to help me, just like we were all helping Damien. Celia told me that she'd had visions. She told me that she could see my dreams coming true. That at night, I was being blessed, my talents were being increased. She told me that everybody wanted me to be successful. I believed it, but there were these suspicions. I had moments where I was so deep, really involved, but then I'd remember Damien. I'd remember what he was doing, his behaviour and the way that they all convinced him it was okay. Things started getting more intense. It was like they knew I was having doubts and getting worried. I started getting all these phone calls and voicemails from Celia, like she was trying to pull me back in to keep me in the fold. wasn't even the worst part. I didn't notice at first, but I didn't think any of them were normal. As things went on, I started noticing different things that just felt wrong. Celia's sermon started to get really dark. The further up I advanced, the darker it became. She said that as members became more senior, we had to see the truth. We had to know what the world was really like. She said the world was dangerous and dirty, talking about 
cultural decay and the dangers of social media, pornography, how films and music influence people to do bad things and hurt each other. As we got closer into the inner circle, we all had to delete our social media accounts. She made us destroy our phones. They were isolating us from everyone and everything around us. And it's scary to think that even though I had doubts and skepticism, I just went along with it. I really wanted to be a part of it, even if it scared me. The whole community operates in this way that just makes you so desperate to be near it, even if it scares the shit out of you. I moved out of my student flat and moved into the house with them. It made sense because it meant I could be around AJ more. I started missing my classes and lectures because there was always some kind of meeting or sermon to attend at the garden. I couldn't tear myself away, I was just falling deeper and deeper into the whole thing. It made me feel special, like I was important, that they wanted me to succeed and do well. I was just listening to the tapes every night. I couldn't sleep if I didn't hear them. It's like my body was dependent on them. I was given new tapes every week and just like the sermons they got darker most scary. I started having these dreams. They were so violent, frightening. I had these thoughts when I was awake. It was like there was this other side of me that was fighting to get out. I wanted to hurt people to make the world the way it should be. And then I, I, I realized that I was thinking that. I didn't know why. Uh, we've managed to get the uh, senior member copies of the tapes. I'm going to play one for you now. Again, as before, it is recommended that you do not listen to this more than maybe one, two times because the effects can be quite damaging. So again, just be safe, uh, be sensible and enjoy this responsibly, I suppose.
about six months ago, I was asleep and I woke up suddenly. There was this voice calling out my name and I could feel somebody touching my face, my hands, shaking me. I freaked out for a second, but then I realized it was Celia. She told me that I was ready. She said that in Vienna had visited her in the night and told her that I was ready to ascend to the inner circle. I started crying. I don't know if it was confusion, excitement, relief, or what. It was just this pure emotion. I got dressed as quick as I could, not even explaining to AJ what happened. I felt superior, like I had achieved something that she hadn't. When I got downstairs, Celia was waiting with Damien and a few of the other Inner Circle members. I felt really jealous that Damien was going to be ascending too. It was like I'd completely forgotten he was a psycho stalker. It just made me forget. It was like I was being trained to react the way they wanted me to. I think it's the tapes. I know it sounds crazy, but there's something about the tapes that isn't right. I had all this excitement going into the meeting, like my whole body was buzzing. We went out into the garden, and I was full of adrenaline. We all stood around in a circle, and Celia started a sermon. She talked about how Inferno had told her that our manifestations were almost complete, but that Damien was the closest. And again, I had this jealousy growing inside of me, because I had been working so hard. I'd been painting every day, praying, listening to the tapes for hours every single day and every single night. I'd barely seen anyone outside of the garden for months. I couldn't understand why he was closer than me. And looking back, I hate that I felt like that. Damien was my friend, but more importantly, Damien was a victim. He was being groomed, manipulated. We all were.
I should have stopped it. If I did, he'd probably still be alive. So I knew what they were getting him to do. I knew what it meant, but I was angry. At the meeting, she told me that Damien was advancing so fast that he would be skipping the inner circle, advancing to the higher garden. And I hated him. I hated him because that should have been me. We read about the higher garden before, in a few meetings, but we were always told nobody had ever been there. Nobody had reached that point. I know now that it wasn't true. They just told us that to make it seem more special. To make people more desperate to reach it. I was desperate. So desperate that I was willing to let them do that to my friend. Sorry. Damien didn't stand a chance. He was so vulnerable and I abandoned him because I was jealous. He wasn't advancing to be with Inviano. He was a sacrifice. The meeting went on through most of the night. We prayed, we all delivered blessings to Damien, and then Celia explained what he had to do to ascend. She said that he had to look his greatest desire in the eye and then let it go. She even gave him the knife. He had to look at her, greet her, and then kill himself. He had to kill himself. And there was this part of me, this small little voice that was still there, still present, that said, tell him no. Tell him he can't do that. Tell him he's going to die. He's your friend and you have to protect him. But there was a bigger voice, this loud rage that just said, fuck him. You worked so much harder and he gets to ascend first. Fuck him. So I let him. I knew what he was doing and I just let him. It didn't seem real till I saw about it in the news. When I saw what he went there to do, he went to some autograph signing she was doing and he just slit his throat right there in front of her. It was like in that moment I just woke up. I knew I had to get away. They, they draw young people in. They think that what she wants, what Inviano wants, is our souls. So we have to be purified, prepared, seasoned like food and then we are fed to her 
And I let that happen to my friend because I was jealous, caught up in the whole thing. I couldn't see a way out. They had my phone, my money. I had nowhere to go. All my friends and family hadn't heard from me in months. I thought like I couldn't turn to them. I was just helpless. I was afraid of who I'd become. Even now, being here with you, talking about it, I know that I'll go back tonight. I'll sit with them. I'll eat with them, pray with them. I'll bring others to them until it's my time because there's nowhere else I can go. We have a copy of the tape that was used in the ritual to help Damien ascend to the higher garden. Uh, I've been told this is probably the most dangerous one to listen to on a consistent basis. So again, um, we've been advised that you should only listen to it once or twice. Um, and it's, it's pretty intense, so let's take a listen.
I guess the one good thing has come out of all of this. Damien didn't get his wish, but I'll get mine. When I ascend, I'll be in the news. Just like Damien. I'll be famous. A big star. So they can sacrifice me. But I still get what I want. Until next time.